Hi, welcome to the Parsha Shmini edition. This week we read in the Torah the story of the return of the Arun, as well as when David was told that he will not be the one to build the Beis HaMikdash. So a little bit of background for this is necessary. In the beginning of Sefer Shmuel, during the time of Eli, who was, that was the final uh, years of the sh- period of Shaftim before Klai Yisrael had kings, the Plishtim went to war against Klai Yisrael. Klai Yisrael brought the Oroin to war. And the Oren was captured, and when Eli heard about it, he died. Eli was followed by Shmuel, and and Shmuel anointed the first king, Shaul, who was king for two years, and then David followed. During David's reign, there were two attempts to bring the Arun to the Mishkan. And that is the the first part of our Torah. And during the first one, there was uh, the story that Uzzah was killed and that attempt was stopped. And then later on, it was finally brought successfully to the Arun, to, to the Mishkan. Now, the Arun was captured um, there's a question exactly what the exact details are. In fact, there are some indications that Arun may be supposed to be brought to a war. And in fact, this is a discussion. Rashi quotes that Rashi, not, not here, Rashi and Chumash says that it was a mistake on the part of Klaistro. They were supposed to bring the secondary Aaron, the Aaron that had the shivrei luchis, the broken pieces of the first set of luchis with them. However, they brought the main Aaron with them. Uh, that's a discussion by itself in Chazal, whether they were two Aaronites or one. Uh, it's dependent on Gemar and Basra, where were the shivrei luchis kept. Um, for those uh, who would like some sources, there's a thesis about it in Erevin Asamach Gimel. And there's a discussion revolving around this, not the primary point of discussion, but the second letter in the back of Chudushi Maran Rizalevi, Al-Rambam. And over there, he quotes a Safri, whose view is that the Orin, which the Plishtim took, was actually the secondary Orin, which only had the Shivri Luchais, and it was not uh, what we would call the Orin, the primary Orin of the Mishkan and Besamekdash. Either way, we find that uh, the Plishtim later sent it back, but it was kept for years out of the Mishkan for some reason. Now, David attempts to bring it back, and they brought it on a Agola Chadosha, they brought it on a new wagon. And during this trip, we find in Epsukim how it was a fellow named Uzzah, and Uzzah is um is aware by by he reaches out for the orange kisham to abakar because the the oxen that were carrying it seemed to have slipped and the orange is uh in danger of falling and, and uza sticks out his hand to protect the orange and by yichar afashem buza by akeyu shamal he came ala shal hashem 
kills Uzzah right there, and he dies. And and we find David is upset. And he sends the Aron to base Ovid Edoim Hagiti for a while until they again attempt successfully to bring the Aron. What was the Aveir of Uzzah? We find the Gemara Saita tells us that Lamed Hay that Uzzah should have known that Aaron is Noisias Noisav. Now, the, this idea that Aaron carries those that carry it, it is the actual, the motor, is something which is not clear in the Pesukim, but it's learned, the Gemara says, we learn it from the Pesukim by Yeshua, and it's something that is so clear uh, both to those that learn Savior Yeshua, and uh, perhaps it was something that was known to everybody. Uzzah should have known that. And uh, the Gemara says that it was actually, it was a mistake, and could be it was something which Dabra Melach was uh, somewhat uh, part of, that he allowed this to happen. He allowed them to put it on the on the wagon when they should have carried it uh, themselves. There was a din of, of Nesias Aaron, and they shouldn't have put it on the wagon to begin with. But the Gemara tells us there that Uzzah uh, is Uzzah Bala Elamaba, and the Gemara tells us that that he has a portion in Olam Abba. Now, continuing on with the story, we find during the second attempt, when they finally successfully bring it, we find that David Amelach is extremely happy and shows it. The Gemara says, the, the Pasuk says, sorry, that David Chagur Eifoid Bud, he's wearing a special type of uh, of a garment. And and uh, David in Mephazes Mecharker Lefnei Hashem, he is showing extreme joy in dancing in front of the Aaron. But Tiva is Leibeliba. Now Michal Bashol says the Pasuk is looking out the window. Michal Bashol is the daughter of Shol and the wife of David, which in itself is a whole story as um, shown earlier in Sefer Shmuel and in the Gemaras, which discussed the whole series of events in that marriage. But she's looking out the window. She sees David dancing like that, and she doesn't like it. After they bring the Aaron in, she, uh, Michal Bashol across David. Michal Bashol comes in front of David, and she says, The king of Yisrael reveals himself today to his maidservants you look like one of the lowly people you're dancing with such joy and you're it's not befitting someone of your stature Hashem chose me over your father over Shaul to be the Melech, I would even make myself more unbefitting. And he said, I would do this again, I would do it even more to show the covet, show the honor in front of the Aaron. The, the next passage says, She didn't have children until the day of her death. So, it seems here that David responds back, and the pasuk indicates that it was something uh, that Michal didn't have any children till, until she died. So Chazal tell us that this was a oinesh, it was a punishment for Michal, 
either because uh, she did it publicly or the way that she did it in reprimanding her husband for his uh, for his behavior. And she didn't have children until the day she died. The Chazal tells us that she, in some places, Chazal say that she had a child the day that she died. The Gemara in Sanhedrin, Davchav Aleph, says that, as, uh, first the Gemara says that she had a baby the day she died, then it says no, but Michal Bashal had children before that. So the Gemara says that she actually had children before this story, but not from this story and on, which is what Rashi brings uh, here on this passage. The Rashash learns that both of them are true, that she didn't have a child from this day, and she actually had a child while she was, she actually had a child as she was dying. She died in childbirth. Now, why is this a Oynish? How does this, um, how does this play itself out? Why was this a Midah connected Midah? We know Hashem punishes in the measure of what a person did. There's a, a beautiful shot from the, from the Munkacher, from the Minchas Elazar, who said as follows with just, uh, uh, a little more, uh, perhaps salt and pepper of my own, but the basic uh, vart, he says that the Shoal was a nechbala kalim. Shoal was someone who was always hidden, and he hid his greatness. He was extremely humble. And Michal, who is his daughter, perhaps, just to point out that it says over here specifically, Michal Bas Shoal doesn't seem to be in the context of what she told uh, David, like she's telling him just as a wife, not as the daughter of Shaul, but it stresses that she's the daughter of Shaul. And you see the fact that David is answering back that the fact that Hashem chose me over your father. So it was obviously something, some discussion here between David and, Sh- David and Shaul going on behind the scenes of the uh, discussion between David and Michal. So she is saying that the um, what's going on over here is not um, is not Bakavadik. This is something you're you're showing, you're, you're wearing your, your COVID for Hashem. You're, you're showing COVID for the RNF for Hashem, but you're wearing it on your shirt sleeves. There's no reason for you to do that. David responds and says that there are certain times th- that humility is not called for. And in this case, there was a, there was a need. The RN was hidden away. There was, uh, Uzzah was killed on the first attempt. There was a need to show Kal Yisrael the proper COVID for it. And... Michal Mashal realized that she was wrong and says the Munkachar, that is the reason we find the Gemara in Erevin tells us that Michal Mashal put on tefillin. We know that women are not required to wear tefillin. And we know that women, even though they do many mitzvahs which they're not required to do, but they don't put on tefillin. And says the Munkachar, a reason for that is that tefillin is something where you're showing on the outside the love, it's the, the honor and love and, and uh, respect for Hashem. So when she realized how sometimes that is called for to show an outward love of Hashem, she donned tefillin as part of a part of a tshuva for this. Um, now the Haftarah continues and tells us how David Melech wanted to build the Beis Hamikdash, and Nason Hanavi was sent to immediately. Um, oh, just a second. Let me jump back for a moment. In Divrei Yomim, when it records this story, it leaves it tells us the part that Michal Bashol watched and that she was unhappy. But it stops right there. It doesn't say anything about the fact that she that she um, spoke to David in their conversation. And the Mefarish over there, it's it's called Rashi, but it's uh, it's not really Rashi. It's Mefarish. It's a commentator says that the reason for that is because the Sefer Divrei Yomim is written for the honor of David. And this conversation was something that wasn't in the honor of David that he was reprimanded in this way by, by a woman. 
and therefore it leaves it out of the Pesukim. Anyways, getting back to, so Nasan is sent to immediately go to, to, to David and tell him that he will not build a Beis HaMikdash. Now the reason for this is, uh, Chazal tell us that David HaMelech had blood on his hands, he was uh, a warrior, and David was told that his descendants, which would, which would be um, which would be Shloime, who's not mentioned here by name, but he would build the Beis HaMikdash, and that's the final part of our Haftarah here. So there's a uh, fascinating... Medrash, it's a Yalkut Shemoni in the beginning of Mishle, which says as follows that there's a there was an achloikis between David and Shloimoi. Where Chachma is is Chachma believe, which is either the heart or the mind, or is Chachma Beroish in the head. And David Amelach says that um, Shloimoi says that Chachma is believe. And David Amelach said Chachmas Berosh. So I heard a wonderful explanation of this Medrash that David Amelach was someone who was a warrior. He was not able to live a peaceful life. He had many incidences and many trials, tribulations, whether it was his brothers, whether it was Shoal, whether it was his own children that were coming against him. There were many things, there were many wars that he had to fight. And when a person is in a situation of trials and tribulations, the only way they can, the way to manage and, and go get through them is to keep your mind on what's correct and your mind on, on what's important. On the other hand, Shloimoi was in a time of peace. Shloimoi was, the Zayar calls it, Sierra the full moon. That was a time the glory of Klai Yisrael came out. He built the Beis HaMikdash. Um, the Gemara says he was Malach Bekipa. He ruled over the entire globe. And when a person is in a in a healthy situation, he can follow his heart or mind, and that's something which can help them in their Abedus Hashem. I want to end by wishing everyone a wonderful Shabbos. Kaltov.